Should Oklahoma be favored to win the remainder of their schedule? Should they not? Oklahoma's coming out of bye week. What's Brent Venable's record as an assistant look like? We'll talk about that. And why in the world are people writing headlines about Brent Venable's buyout? All that on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners, and thank you for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, so subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between Oklahoma and Iowa State right on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. He's Josh Helmer. You can follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. You can also hear him on Monday through Friday from 9 to noon on 94.7 The Ref in Norman. Josh, we got a football game coming up this Saturday. We do. We do. That's great. Yeah, out of the bye week, it was fun. We got to really delve into the full college football slate, but enough of that nonsense, right? Let's have a weekend with some more Sooner football. And what do you make of some of the numbers that I'll, you know, give proper credit where credit's due to all Sooners and Hoove and those guys over there that kind of did the digging on what Oklahoma's by coming out of the bye week records have looked like under Bob Stoops and under Lincoln Riley. And now obviously with an assistant coach in Brent Venables, the track record, I want to say off the top of my head, Venables uh, numbers were 23 and seven, 23 wins against seven losses coming out of the bye week. So he's been really, really good now. Part of that is, guess what? Started out at Oklahoma, right? And went to a place like Clemson and turned it into a national power. A little bit different as a head coach. But how much are you putting into that idea this week that, okay, this is one more indication of how well or how poorly this is going to ultimately long-term go with Brent Venables, the way that Oklahoma plays coming out of this bye week? Well, I think it matters. I think the reason it matters is because it shows – that you can keep your team locked in, but not kind of peaking too soon. You can keep them locked into like, Hey, we got to keep working. We got to keep pushing ahead and and stay kind of ahead of schedule on your, your preparation a little bit. You don't want to start too early because you don't want to get guys overthinking what they're going to be facing this Saturday when they do face Hunter Deckers and Matt Campbell and Iowa state, the cyclones. Uh, But the numbers were Venables as an assistant over the last 23 years, 27 and four, uh, 15 and three with Oklahoma 12 and one with Clemson. Again, he's not the head coach. So that, that there is a difference when you're the head coach, you are in charge of all of it and, you know, setting the schedule, prioritizing what you're going to be working on during the bye week ahead of your you know game planning week that next week, but having a front row seat to the Bob Stoops experience and the uh, Dabo Sweeney experience, it does matter. Um, I thought the contrast was very interesting that John Hoover and the guys over at all Sooners on SI uh, brought up is that Lincoln Riley during his time um, with Oklahoma, he was just four and three coming out of a bye during the regular season. So I I think there's a a very significant contrast on that front. Um, When Brent Venables left Oklahoma and went to Clemson, from well, sorry, I'll say from 2009 to 2014, 
Bob Stoops, Oklahoma Sooners were five and six coming out of the bye. So Venables was still there for a couple of those years during that stretch. But he's got a long track record, or he's been on teams that have long track records of playing really, really well coming out of a bye. And I think that does that does track, that translates. If you're a good team coming out of a bye, generally you stay a good team coming out of a bye. Does that necessarily mean you're going to win every game? No. I mean, Bob Stoops had some losses. Dabo had a, a loss. But it means that you're going to be well-prepared and you're going to play well. And I think that's that's key. I mean, we've I feel like, you know, just this past week, we saw what West Virginia did with nine days to prepare for Texas Tech, and they fell flat. Like, it, it's really important being able to find the right rhythm as a football program and as a coaching staff to putting your team through the paces. If they're able to kind of find that, we'll, we'll see what this team looks like when they play Iowa State this Saturday, but I think, I think it's one of those things that if you're a good team coming out of a buy, you kind of stay a good team coming out of a buy. It, it's not uh, an up and down experience. I mean, it was for Lincoln Riley a little bit, but I mean, generally guys who have their teams well prepared, I'd be really interested to see, and, and they don't have the numbers there, but maybe I'll have to look into it another time. But what, the defense looked like coming out of a bye under Brent Venables, because I think that's the thing that translates more to just being able to know how to prepare your team. Yeah. The, the numbers may be before the bye and then after the bye defensively throughout Brent Venables career, that, that would be, it'd be a deeper dive, but it would be interesting to know that uh, what those numbers look like 27 and four, not, not all bad, right. Coming out of the bye week. Uh, as you mentioned, I had that 23 number mixed up because that's his number of years as an assistant coach. But uh, Bob Stoops, largely, as you mentioned, very, very good coming out of a bye week, which, you know, is it the end-all, be-all for a head coach? I don't think so, right? I wouldn't look at Lincoln Riley's mediocre 4-3 and three mark coming out of a bye week and say Lincoln Riley's not one of the best coaches in America. I do think. Lincoln Riley is one of the best coaches in America. That just happens to be, for him, one of those statistics that's not good, right? Or at least shows that there's, you know, some some fallacy somewhere with some of what he's doing. Or it's just one of those, you know, bad trends to start for him, right? Like you mentioned, Bob Stoops had that uh, five and six stretch after bye weeks from 2009 to 2014. Though Bob Stoops, again, was 21 and seven overall coming out of a bye week, so I don't know. It's probably maybe putting too much into things, but you'd like to win the game coming out of your first bye week as a head coach, right? And there are examples. You know, the first name that really comes to mind for me, and maybe this is just being a Kansas City Chiefs fan and you see it every year, but Andy Reid, really, really good coming out of a bye week historically in his career, not just in Kansas City, but with the Philadelphia Eagles as well. I don't know what Bill Belichick's numbers are coming out of a bye week, but I'm going to guess Bill Belichick's numbers coming out of a bye week, pretty doggone good. And Nick Saban, you know, if you want to not make it an NFL football conversation, probably you could do the same thing with Nick Saban and the most uh, successful college football coaches. So, again, is it the end-all, be-all for whether or not you are you are a great head football coach or one of them or are going to be one of the top head football coaches? No, I'm not ready to go there, John. But, again, you'd, you'd rather start 1-0 in that regard versus 0-1. I am very muted. My apologies, everybody. Doing some little research on the fly and forgot that I was muted. But what I was finding was that Bill Belichick was eight and six coming out of a bye um, with New England. Uh, Andy Reid, like you mentioned, with Philadelphia was very good coming out of a bye. And uh, same 
you know, he's eight and five with Kansas City. So it, it translates. Mike McCarthy with Green Bay, 10 and two coming out of a bye with the Dallas Cowboys so far, two and oh coming out of a bye. So if generally, if you're pretty good coming out of a bye, I think that means you just have a good like feel for your team and you know what buttons to push during the rest week. Like, and I think that's the key. Like, this is a the bye week is a, a great time to kind of regroup, rejuvenate the squad find some refreshment a little bit, but also stay locked in and figuring out a way to, to combine all of that. And, and I think that's going to be the thing that that'll stand out about Brent Venables is because he's so culture minded, so culture oriented relationships oriented and really player driven player focused. I feel like he's going to have a good feel for what they needed to do during the bye week to stay in the zone, stay focused, stay engaged with you know their preparation without necessarily looking ahead to Iowa state, because I think generally teams don't start their, their game prep until that week when it's actually Iowa state week. And so how to manage the bye week without kind of creating this, this uh, emotional mental letdown. And then you have to ramp back up during the game week, you know, keeping them focused and engaged throughout that week. So that'll be, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to be intriguing about this. And, I'll say like after the three losses I felt like they came back with really good energy against Kansas. They looked like sharp for the most part. There weren't really busts in coverage, you know, on defense, the offense looked really, really good. So I feel pretty positive that when they roll up to Ames on Saturday against a really good Iowa state defense, that they're going to be, I would say in the zone, they'll be focused. They'll have good energy. Again, it's going to be a good defense that they're going to play. So we'll see how how it all translates to the field and if the offense is able to, to move the ball and put points up. But I think the defense will come out and improve a little bit upon what they did against Kansas. So I'm, I'm encouraged, and I think that's going to bode well for the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about Brent Venables. And people are looking into his contract. we got some contract details that were released by The Athletic, but People are writing some alternative headlines with those details that we're going to talk about that. But first, let me talk to you about Simply Safe. Uh, if I can find it, there it is. So, Simply Fit, Simply Safe. If you're looking to up your home security, Simply Safe is the place to be. As everyone knows, athletes rise and fall in the ranks, but when it comes to saving money, Simply Safe always stays on top. And right now, you can save big with Simply Safe Home Security. They're giving listeners 40% off their advanced security system. Simply Safe was just named the best home security of 2022 by US News. I know people that use it, they love it. And we think you'll love it too because at Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. With 24-7 professional monitoring, when a threat is detested, detected, Simply Safe's monitoring professionals promptly contact you and dispatch first responders to your home, even if you're away or unable to respond. Simply Safe blankets your home with protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect motion or instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary or their monitoring experts use proprietary response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. So don't miss the chance to save big when you protect your home with the best. Get 40% off your order when you visit simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college today to customize the perfect system 
for your home in just a few minutes. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college today. And again, thank you so much for making locked on soon as your first listen every single day. For your second listen today, go check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast with our guy Peter Bukowski. From the games that mattered the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Again, Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Josh, contract details came out, but that's not the part of any of this that matters. Brent Venables is going to be with the Oklahoma Sooners for several years. I think many, many people, the ones that are even, I would say, pessimistic about the way that this season is going still feel pretty confident about Brent Venables and his ability to create a really strong program at the university of Oklahoma. So what we're seeing though, is people begin to talk about the buyout numbers with Brent Venables. He's got a fully guaranteed contract with the Oklahoma Sooners for the next six years. But after a four and three start, it's created some questions about the longevity should people be concerned, Josh? I don't think they should. Well, I think uh, – so I'm looking at this outkick headline here. Brent Venable's buyout details make it almost impossible for Oklahoma to fire him. That's that's one, right? Brent, this is from Saturday Down South now. Brent Venable's buyout, contract details revealed in report. Oh, this is from The Athletic. Oklahoma's Brent Venable's owed full contract amount if fired without cause. I mean, that's three different national entities that are taking that – this is what happens if Brent Venables gets fired approach, which look, Oklahoma is dependent upon how the rest of this season plays out, maybe headed for its worst season in a long, long time, but they, they haven't gotten to that point yet. Right. I mean, the three game losing streak for Oklahoma, John is now over. And for OU, the hope is that really Dylan Gabriel back alone is enough to, uh, to perhaps, turn this compass back in the direction to where Oklahoma can win all five of these games or win four of these five games, right? Even three out of these five games, which I think is incredibly doable for Oklahoma, gets you to seven and five. Is that a great start? Absolutely not. Is that uh, a six and six or five and seven start? No, it's not. And it's quite a bit different. And it's a long ways off from the, hey, what does Brent Vimble's buyout conversation look like what we did learn though is that again it's uh it's fully guaranteed which i mean i, I don't know why that's uh nobody should be shocked by that if brent vittable's contract wasn't fully guaranteed then brent vittable should turn around and fire his agent immediately yeah show me the the college football contract for a head coach at a blue blood program or a premier college football program that isn't 100 percent guaranteed and i'd be shocked like you know, I, I, I'm pretty sure Dan Lanning up at Oregon's probably got a fully guaranteed guaranteed contract. Mario Cristobal down in Miami's probably got a fully guaranteed contract. That's just kind of the way that those things work. Um, you know, some some of these other coaches they have more uh, you know buyout options, but you know Brent Venables doesn't have that. He's got a fully guaranteed deal, and I think there's that's okay. Like there's nothing wrong with having your head coach fully guaranteed because you have confidence in that guy to create a football program that's going to be one of the best in the country. And despite the losses that have happened this year, I think I'm still really confident that that's going to occur. I, I'm still a big time believer in Brent Venables and what he's going to be able to do, especially on the defensive side of the football. And for as long as you've got Jeff Levy coaching the offensive side of the football, you're going to be really, really good as a football team. And I think it's all going to come together 
It may not come together this season. It may not come together even next season. But I would say within by the third year of the Brent Venables era in 2024, we start to really start to see this thing coalesce and put this team back on the national title landscape. And so this idea that we're, we need to be concerned about what it would take to fire Brent Venables seven games into his tenure at the University of Oklahoma is a pretty laughable idea. And to use it as a headline is also incredibly irresponsible. I'm just going to say it that way. Um, I hate to use that, but it's just out there to, I don't know, kind of generate emotion, generate fervor and Oklahoma fans. We're good at responding and reacting to, to emotion, but I mean, it's true. That's what it would take. I mean, those are true statements that they're making, but to use them seven games into his tenure isn't great. Now I know probably we did the same thing with Steve Sarkeesian last year, um, you know, after a five and seven season, but again, it's just one season. If you're calling for a head coach to be fired after one year, he'd have to do something pretty egregious as a coach, not football related to be ousted after one year. And I think that's what it comes down to is like, you don't, there's nothing that Brent Venables is going to do. That's going to cause you to think, okay, we got to get rid of him now. Like after one year, it's just, it's kind of laughable. Well, the Steve Sarkeesian angle to it, Texas is and, and this is in some ways, some ways a negative comment on Texas and its boosters and its fan base and in some ways a positive compliment on texas's boosters and fan base john they are just wealthy enough and just crazy enough to where talking about steve sarkeesian potentially getting fired and bought out after one year after one five and seven season wasn't that nuts with texas right that's texas oklahoma's a different story you i everybody knows Britt venables could uh could finish with Four wins this season. He's not getting fired at Oklahoma. He's coming back for a second season. So that part of it, when you talk about it's a little irresponsible, yeah, it's irresponsible because, in you know, Steve Sarkeesian, not a Texas guy, right? You know, when you think about your Scott Frost of the world and now uh, Brent Vittables here at Oklahoma, you've got guys that they're, they're a part of the history of the program. So it's not as – quick to just turn around dispatch of somebody like that and fire them immediately. Whereas Steve Sarkeesian obviously comes into Texas and he doesn't have that storied history with the program that a Scott Frost or a Brent Venables respectively had at uh, either Nebraska or Venables obviously has at Oklahoma. So interesting, you know, an, an interesting angle that the national media is taking there. The hope for Suna fans is, uh, you know, I, you know, honestly what they put the final sentence on this uh, outkick story, which is basically, Sooner fans, you better hope that he turns it around because he's just not going to get fired anytime in the future. <laughs> Again, accurate statement, and I think everybody's on board with that. Let's hope he, he does get this thing turned around, and so far, so good with uh, one game versus Kansas. Yeah, and I don't I don't foresee him getting fired. That's just me, and maybe that's you know optimism, and that's me drinking the Crimson Kool-Aid. I'm not sure, but I still am a big believer in Brent Venables, and I think we're not only going to see – him be the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners for the entirety of this contract. But I'm, I'm going to bet by year five, we've got a contract extension that we're at. We're tacking five more years onto this deal um, that goes beyond the current deal. So I'm not at all concerned. It's going to get turned around four and three. It's not great for year one, but it's just year one. 
And Brent Venables, I'll I'll keep going back to it. In the summertime, he warned us that Clemson's defense did not turn into Clemson's defense right away either. It might take a year or two to get Oklahoma's defense to the height of what we're hoping and expecting it to be. So uh, next, we're going to talk about what should Oklahoma be projected to win over the next five games? Should they be favored in any of those five games? We've got some more interesting info on that coming up after this. That's right. We will be projecting wins for Oklahoma. And speaking of projecting wins, how can you get that accomplished? How about LinkedIn Talent Solutions, where they're going to help you win on every new potential hire? That's right. You know that those potential hires, they feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. And you want to be 100%, not that 55, not that 95% certain. You want to be 100% certain that you've got access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs, it helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You uh, just hop on over there. You add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. They've got simple tools, screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you could quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and higher. It's why small businesses, they do what? Well, they rate LinkedIn jobs number one in develop, in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs, again, it's going to help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free. LinkedIn.com backslash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So before we dive into these percentages well well, okay i guess maybe it's better that we just share the percentages that all sooners put out there and then i guess we can agree or disagree and dissect and react uh the short way of saying this is all sooners and john hoover kind of likes oklahoma to win four of its final five games which john i don't know that everywhere you look that would be the case for oklahoma i feel like that i don't know that that's the most likely scenario for oklahoma but I do think it's one of the two most likely scenarios for Oklahoma, which is Oklahoma either wins three or four of its remaining five. I don't think they're winning all of them, but uh, I definitely don't think they're going to finish with a losing record over these five games. So I don't know. I I can definitely see this scenario happening. Yeah, I'm of the more optimistic mindset there too, is I I do see them capable of winning every single game, especially if Dylan Gabriel is healthy and they're, they're humming on offense like they were against Kansas. I do think the defensive, you know, opponents are going to be more difficult over the final five games than they were against Kansas. You know, Iowa state's the best defense in the big 12 Baylor. I mean, they're up and down, but they still got some really strong defensive talent and a really good defensive mind. And Dave Aranda, who's familiar with Jeff Levy's offense from when he was at LSU and Levy was at Ole Miss. Um, I do think that, you know, Texas Tech, they showed that they can shut down West Virginia's offense, who had just put 43 up on Baylor nine days prior. And so the the challenges are there. I mean, you have to go to Ames, you got to go to Morgantown, and you got to go to Lubbock. And then your two home games are against the two teams that played in the Big 12 championship game last year, Baylor and Oklahoma State. So it, it's a tough task, but I do see a three and two, four and one finish. That's kind of where I would put Oklahoma. Uh, the ESPN football power index or the, sorry, the matchup predictor. They only have Oklahoma projected to win one of their final four game, five games. And that's against West Virginia. I think they're all winnable. I think you can beat Iowa state. You know, it's, it's one of those things where Iowa state's not going to outscore you because Hunter Decker's in that offense just 
isn't really capable of putting up 40, 50 points against you. And so if you're able to move the ball at all, relatively well, uh, even if you can get to 24, like Texas did, you're going to have a great chance to win that game uh, against West Virginia. It's going to be, it, it, who knows what West Virginia team are we going to get? Are we going to get the team that put up 43 against Baylor or the team that only put up 10 against tech uh, against Baylor? I think that's going to be a tough test. You know, them and Oklahoma state to me are your two biggest challenges, but that doesn't mean that, you know, Texas tech isn't going to be a big challenge against Lubbock or out there in Lubbock either. So, but yeah, I'm more of the optimistic mindset. I think the, what we saw from the Kansas game, you know, being able to get some stops defensively, slow them down a little bit in the first half. I think that that's going to translate and we're going to see more of that this week against Iowa state. And then also against Baylor, against Baylor, it's going to be, can they stop the run? Because that's been kind of the, the issue for Oklahoma for much of this year. And so all in all, I like Oklahoma to win at least three games, but I can see them, them win four. If I was going to pick one that they'd lose, it'd be probably either Baylor or Oklahoma state at this point. Okay. So I'm going to read these percentages that John Hoover put out there for handicapping Oklahoma's final five games, right? Win percentage that this is just his, his individual personal, what he views the win percentage to be. Okay. Let's throw that out there. And then you tell me whether or not you think I'm just absolutely crazy with something I'm about to say next, John. So at Iowa state, John uh, Hoover has it as 60% likelihood that Oklahoma wins Baylor, November 5th in Norman. He has it at, 55% Oklahoma wins that game. 65% that Oklahoma wins in Morgantown versus West Virginia. He likes Oklahoma State uh, to to beat OU. He gives Oklahoma a 40% chance, so a little less than 50%. Not crazy, not a heavy, not a heavy, heavy lean in terms of Oklahoma State, but he is leaning that direction there. Texas Tech uh, in the regular season finale. Oklahoma, 55%, so pretty close to a coin flip. Okay. I think that 60% number is too low for this uh, weekend's trip to Ames, Iowa. And a lot of the numbers out there, you know, if you look at the the bet online numbers and just whatever odds makers you're looking at, it's kind of in that field goal-ish range for Oklahoma, four points, field goal, you know, somewhere right around there for OU. I just think this is such a great matchup for the Sooners, John. And really, maybe this is something we spiral into our next show because, to me, if Oklahoma can't find defensive success versus this Iowa State team, you bracket Xavier Hutchinson and you make everybody else beat you. And if you can't do that successfully, then, okay, probably Oklahoma is going to have some serious, serious pronounced problems defensively the rest of the way. But I just kind of have a sneaking suspicion that Oklahoma is about to roll in this game versus Iowa State because I think the fact that, again, they're really good defensively, and that's Oklahoma's strength that's good on good there. The fact that Iowa State's bad offensively I think sets up for the Sooners on the road to go find success. I would put the win percentage to me more like three times out of four Oklahoma goes up to Ames and wins this game. Again, am I crazy? No, you're not crazy. The one pause that I have with this one is that Hunter Deckers is a pretty good running quarterback. And that's been something that Oklahoma struggled with this year, whether it was Adrian Martinez or Max Duggan, or even against, you know, I want to remember who was Colin Schley or um, the UTEP quarterback that they struggled with a little bit in the running game. But 
they, they've had some struggles against more athletic running quarterbacks and Hunter Deckers can put it on the ground and he can, and he can move. Uh, he's also thrown shown the capability of throwing the football. Now my hope is that against Kansas, we saw them improve a little bit against the quarterback run game. Can they carry that over through the bye week and, and show that they're even better uh, this week? But I, I think you hit it right on the head. Like, okay, Oklahoma is really good offensively. Iowa State's really good defensively. That's going to be the key. Who, which one of those matchups is going to win? And then for Oklahoma's defense, I think they're just going to be better than Iowa State's offense. I, I think they're going to take that time to kind of regroup and take what was good against Kansas, build upon that to, to play really strong against an Iowa State team that, yes, has Xavier Hutchinson, but doesn't have much else beyond that. And so I, I think this is going to be a good kind of kind of rallying point for this defense to just kind of spearhead them towards the end of the season to really try to finish on a high note. And I, I think that they'll do that. And I mean, right now I think it was like two and a half, three points Oklahoma's favored by, I, I think they cover that fairly easily. We'll get into that later in the week, but yeah, I'm, I'm really liking Oklahoma in this matchup this week. It's, it should be a, I won't say it will be an easy game, but I'd have a hard time finding anybody picking against Oklahoma this week. I feel like I do this every single week now, John, but I do a friendly tease for our next show. Is this the game that tells you the direction the rest of Oklahoma's season is going to head, right? I think that I probably said that uh, going into the TCU game. I think I said it going into the Texas game. Uh, I know that I said it going into the Kansas game, so I don't know. Maybe that's just – just carve that segment out every single week, but I do think – Again, we can have that kind of conversation coming out of the bye week for Iowa State. Well, at least I'm not sitting here saying that Hunter Deckers can't run the football and and setting Oklahoma up for the jinx because that's burned us already this year. So, um, yeah, I I don't I think it's it's going to be huge. It's going to be key. But I think the mentality is right in what they're saying. The players are saying it's like we we just got to take in one game. Like all they're really doing right now is building towards this, the end of this season, trying to finish it on a strong note on a favorable note so that they can go into 2023 with some optimism and some positivity. You know, you finish, you know, you, these next five games, you go one and four or maybe even two and three, um, two and three gets you a bowl game. But if you go one, one and four, the final five, I feel like that kind of leaves you, I don't know, not, not so sure about what 2023 is going to bring. But I think if you can go two and three or better, we're thinking three and two, four and one is probably the floor for this team. Then you feel pretty decent. Yeah. Seven five is not what you expected, not what you had hoped for in the 2022 season, but at least you have something like you can say, okay, that middle or that first stretch of big 12 games was not good, but they really finished strong, something to take into 2023 and, and run with. And I think that's, that's kind of what you're hoping for that. And then, just figuring out who are going to be the king contributors. And that's, I feel like something that we'll have to talk about as well, because I feel like there are several players and I wrote about it over at centers wire, several players that really need to stand out over the final five games for Oklahoma to feel really, really comfortable with their situation at different positions heading into 2023. But that's going to do it for today's episode of locked on Sooners. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing to the show, wherever you get your podcasts. We're looking forward to this Iowa state game. And it's always great to have game week. 
We only get five more of these guaranteed this year. So let's enjoy every single one of them. We've loved talking Oklahoma football with you all season long. Basketball is getting ready to gear up too. So we'll start integrating that a little bit into the show. And then we'll have, you know, softball later in the spring. And man, it's going to be another fun year here on the Locked On Sooners podcast. So again, thank you so much for tuning in. Now go check out the Locked On Sports Today show with Peter Bukowski. For your second listen from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. For Josh Helmer, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you next time. Boomer Sooner.